Hello, everyone. Frank and Darren back again. Slowly Movie Podcast. Darren, another live episode. Two in a week. What's wrong with us? We must be bored. Oh, we're nuts. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> and this time we're not alone. We're not alone. We we got our we got our uh, special guests here. Uh, we got Bruce and uh, and what's his name? Dave. Paul. Paul. <laughs> We got we got Bruce Dale and Gray, <laughs> writer, directors, producers of the upcoming sequel to It's Me Billy. It's me, Billy Two. Gentlemen, how are you? Great, great. Yeah, doing awesome. This is great you. to be on here. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay, let's get away with the pleasantries. Let's get, yeah. let's get the yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't even know how I feel. Let's, I've been on here many times. Tax here. All right. Okay. Gentlemen, why a sequel? Uh, well, you know, we didn't really have anything else to do. So we, thought, you know, <laughs> we just thought, you know, hey, why not? No, I think it's I think it's because um, uh, I mean, look, the story is incomplete and, uh, you know, we left it on an epic cliffhanger and uh, it was always designed to be that way for your audience uh, that may not know that. Uh, it was, and we took a risk on ending it where we did, um, knowing that it was, you know, it's always possible as a lot of, you know, but I mean, even at the Hollywood level, they will do that. I mean, they will, you know, you don't know if something's going to be a, a hit. I mean, this is a bit different because obviously, you know, there's no financial gain and, you know, in our sense, um, but you know, you don't know if something's going to take to the audience or be a hit. So uh, it's always a risk when you end something on like a to be continued or, or, you know, a little bit of something more or, you know, in our case, this epic thing. Um, but it was always our goal to not end it there. You know, there were a lot of people that came forward and was like, oh, it was great, but I kind of, you know, it just ended like that. And that's it. And I didn't like the ending. It's just kind of ended. And it's like, well, Come on. I mean, you know, obviously that's not the end. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's, yeah. I, we thought it was very clear that it was set up for, you know, for more. And I'm trying uh, to remember, did it did it say to be continued at the end or did you just no. kind of cut it? Mm-hmm. No, okay. no, no, no. We, just, we just ended it where we did because we thought, um, well, we wanted that cliffhanger right from the beginning. Like, I remember us getting super excited on set when we were filming and it was just like, yeah, you know, the fans are going to love this. They're going to want more. And then, um, yeah, yeah, you know, we just had to sort of explain that in a few spots and you know, <laughs> clearly, clearly they do though With the, the way the campaign's going at the moment clearly they do want more yeah yeah it's, awesome. it's going it's going very well yeah we're very uh excited about it and and appreciative of of all the support uh so far i mean obviously uh our budget has been doubled uh for a variety of reasons it's not mm-hmm. unprecedented for sequels to for you know the cost to go up obviously we've moved from a non-union production to a union production so obviously things go up in in that sense you're dealing with actor and sag and and you know fees and 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 just the cost of everything in the world has gone up um as well and and uh so you know there's a variety of reasons why um but we've already uh exceeded our budget from the first movie in mm-hmm. just under three weeks uh four weeks uh on this campaign uh which is remarkable i mean the support has been fantastic i think people really want to see how it ends we really want to show you how it ends and um it's exciting it's very exciting i mean you know it's um like we've often said it's it's a fan film yes but um because we don't own you know the intellectual property but 
It's a professional production through and through from top to bottom. We're taking it very seriously like we did the first one and want to deliver something of quality, um, something that you could watch. And if you didn't know, you'd think you'd walked into the room and, you you know, it, it was on Hulu or Prime or something like that in mm-hmm. terms of the production value and, you know, the way it looks and sounds and, yeah, yeah. you know, the acting and all that kind of stuff. It's That's our goal. That's, that's the level we want to play at, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. we want to be able to make sure we deliver that. So very excited for the opportunity to complete the story. Mm-hmm. So did it, did it we, surprise you? Sorry, Frank. I'm just going to. Did did it surprise you uh, uh, how great it looked when you finished editing it and putting it together when you first sat down and watched the final cut? Did it dawn on you before then that my God, this looks like a studio movie? Um, you know, I think, I think looking at, I, I think I definitely felt some of that when looking at the rushes, like looking at the dailies, right? Um, because, you know, Dave and I went through a process of of editing over the course of several months. So as things kind of came together more and more, it definitely built. Um, I I got really excited, especially when, because Greg, our DP, did the color timing on the on the project, right? So it was it was incredibly exciting to see it. And at first, I wasn't quite sure what to expect. Uh, like, I knew it was going to look pro, but I I just... I didn't realize it was going to look 100% as as awesome as it did, to be honest. But I had full faith that it was going to look great. I just didn't realize it was going to look as great as it does. And when seeing that, uh, you know, I just got incredibly excited. And and then, you know, when Dave was putting in the music and the sound effects, and as it came together, uh, you know, I would get chills when I was watching it in the editing room and looking at it uh, and just thinking fuck man this is cool like this is <laughs> this is some real deal shit right here on the screen this is great so <laughs> um you know I, I don't know for me that's what it was but that that definitely kicked in very early on when when looking at the dailies i agree and just to piggyback off what you said i i i agree with everything you've said and i think um it was it was more i think confirmation of the of the hard work because we yeah. knew that when we entered development on chapter one. And I think you can go back to the early sort of videos on my channel where that that was part of our goal. I mean, obviously you want mm-hmm. to deliver a good story and a good setup and all that kind of stuff, of course. Um, but part of our goal was to, you know, we were in our forties now and, and we want to be able to, you know, if, if we want to see if we can have some sort of career at this, we want to be able to deliver something of quality, you know, something that has a professional production value to it. So that, 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 that was always a a goal of the of the of the film which is why we hired greg and and we shot on you know the gear we did and you know the airy mini and the master prime lenses and you know all that kind of stuff um so it it, it was more it was a surprise but more of that confirmation like yeah like this is this is really yes yes like this Mm -hmm. is what you know and i'll it's funny because when we were on set um every day no matter what we were shooting there was always between myself, Bruce, and Greg, we always had a new favorite shot. Yeah. You know? and, and, <laughs> it's true. You know, and it was just so seeing it on the monitor too, like just seeing, I mean, the team and Nikita, who was our gaffer, mm-hmm. and Nas, who was our key grip. And, you know, I mean, just the way they crafted the lighting and and uh, all that. I mean, just even on the monitor alone, our yeah. first assistant camera, um, Jacqueline Tobacco, would uh would just show me on her little sort of monitor because she was pulling 
focus and and just seeing it con- j- like even just in camera without mm-hmm. any color timing correction everything it, you knew it was going to look special yeah. Yeah. you know what i mean you knew it was yeah. going to look special so it was just it, it was very cool and very uh very pleasing yeah to be mm-hmm. able to work on something like that for the first time was really awesome it was our how, goal to uh, how does your process work in trying to get a sequel to it's me billy i mean mm-hmm. what what when did you guys decide, like, okay, let's do a sequel? Like, what was the process? Did you, did you all of a sudden just say, hey, well, let's do a sequel? Or, I think it's time. Or would you guys have a script already for It's Me, Billy, too, after filming uh, part one and just jotted down some ideas just in case uh, this movie took off? Yeah, we had – so we actually had ideas for the sequel at the point that we were writing the script for the first movie. It was, it was just a very, very loose, like one, two sentence synopsis, just kind of a high level overview of what the story was going to be, like just kind of a concept, um, which led us into making some of the choices that we did in the first movie. Um, we didn't actually write the script until, you know, probably, you know, within the last six months or so, or maybe a bit more. Um, but for us, we we decided to have a little bit of downtime after completing the first film and we always knew that we wanted to complete the story we always knew that we wanted to move forward with part two uh so it was just sort of feeling things through kind of an organic process in that way i guess uh and then landing us at a point now where we just went okay it's time all right uh what's first steps uh, so let's let's write the script. All right, you know we got to get the story. We need a story, um, and then through the process of writing the story, I think certainly you know I could probably speak for both of us, but I'll say you know for myself, um, a lot of the other steps in the process of making the movie just naturally start to come to us. Where it's like, okay, right, yeah, you know we want uh, this approach with the campaign. Uh, we got to start lining up the cast. Okay, let's reach out to everybody. Let's reach out to Greg. Um, start lining those things up, and then you know, all of the other more business uh, coordination elements that's, uh, you know, not tied in with all the glam of, of making a movie, but all the, the real hard work that has to happen behind the scenes, that stuff uh, starts to fall into place. And then we, we sort of, we talk about it. We're constantly talking um, and making decisions around what's going to be the next step. What do we do? What do we need to do next? Because we know the full process, but then it's about timing it and the way in which you approach it with, uh, a crowdfunding campaign is going to be different than if you're seeking funding from alternate sources and not going this route. So, you know, some of those steps change in order, right? Depending on what you do. So, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. You mean to tell me that it's all not glitz and glamour and the process is fun <laughs> from beginning to end? No. You got no. all this money coming in and you're just like, yeah, just set up a camera in the corner. We're it all just shoots set. itself. You yeah, know, it shoots Fled itself. And Young are going to be served, you know, promptly at one o'clock and champagne yeah. for everybody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the first movie exactly. was just a time lapse. We just set up the camera in a corner and it just. Yeah, exactly. People That's just what we did. By. <laughs> no, it is true. We, we wanted to let the first movie breathe a little bit too Mm because obviously you know it's black christmas so it doesn't have the same sort of pop culture zeitgeist footprint that a friday the 13th or a halloween has so um you know it's not going to get you know five hundred thousand views overnight um it, it needs to be discovered in a lot of ways and promoted and discovered and promoted and discovered like the original uh film and um but it's exciting because you know 
the original never spawned of a, a fran. I mean, I guess it, it, there is a franchise because you have the two remakes, but it never spawned a sequel. So you know there are no um, there, there there are no rules. There's no pre-built you know mythology or 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 you know things that that, that. so in a lot of ways, yes, we are a fan film again because we don't own the intellectual property, but it's an original story through and through. You know, it's it's based on the characters created by um but we've sort of we we don't have any blueprint of where to go because the only other two films are remakes so um it's very exciting to explore kind of that uh from that perspective mm-hmm. i i find it so amazing how people never knew or even bothered to want to watch black christmas but they donated to your campaign for the first it's me billy and then they came up to you guys and said, I went back and watched the original mm-hmm. and find that very entertaining. And now those people are coming back, uh, hopefully to, to continue this, uh, this journey. Because I think the, the way uh, it ended for the original Black Christmas was kind of, I got it. That's what it did. That was the formula back then for these slashers. Mm-hmm. But you guys are fulfilling an ending and trying to get the conclusion of one of the most underrated slashers of all time in my eyes. Well, mm-hmm. to, yeah. to your point, Frank, it's, it's really cool because um, when we were talking to Lynn, uh, who plays Claire in the original film, uh, she's very excited about it's me, Billy chapter two, and she's read the script. She loves the script. And it, just to hear her speak and say things, I'm paraphrasing, but, you know, say things like, oh, I, you know, it, it now, you know, you know, uh, I will now have answers to the questions I get asked so much at conventions. Yeah. You know, just cool hearing hear. her say things like that is like, it's really cool because we are unofficial. Are you, you still know, in the attic? We are unofficial. Sorry. <laughs> no, are, you, are you still in the attic? Are you still in the attic? Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I'm right here. So no. Uh, yeah. But it's it's cool to to hear that because you know we are quote unquote unofficial and we're not, but to 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 because of the of the product and the quality that we're delivering, and because there's nobody else doing it, you know, I, I think there there is this sort of for all intents and purposes, we're it. I mean, there's, yeah. there's nobody else. It's cool. And so it's, it's cool to kind of, it, it has that illusion, has that, that, that feeling. So, um, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's, it's very exciting to have an opportunity to finish it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, I was gonna, I was gonna ask as well about something you mentioned on the stream the other day. I mean, we'll get into the casting and things like that in a minute, but, um, if there was an email or a call from whoever the rights holder is at the moment, I'm not sure whether it's still Blumhouse or whether it's uh, reverted back to its original, you know, owner. And by the way, you must be doing Scream Factory a huge favor at the moment if more people are, are kind of discovering the original through uh, through its <laughs> me, Billy. Um, <laughs> yeah. If there was a call and they said, hey, we like what you did the first time round. We see that you're doing this second one. How about we collab on this? Yes. How would you deal with that? Because obviously you've got so many people that have already bought into it already. How would that process work? Do you think? Well, that, yeah, that's, that's kind of a, so yeah, we've actually talked about this. Um, Well, at that point you're talking about having a fully sanctioned, project that you know for all intents and purposes becomes canon right Mm -hmm. and now we're talking about 
creating the official sequel, you know, and part of what we've thrown around some ideas about, well, uh, well, obviously what we would do is look at, um, you know, the campaign, it, it would be sort of, uh, like, how do I put it? It's like, let's, we've got to put this on pause because now we're going to be looking at studio funding. We're going to be looking at funding from other parties. It's going to become a very different thing very quickly. Uh, and then we're going to enter into some real business there and, and make this film. <clears throat> and then, you know, we've talked about the idea that, you know, either see, and there's a couple ways we could do it, right? It could be, Hey, let's finish and follow through with this story that we've got and shoot this. Right. And then because the first one has such high production value and uh, production quality and it's professional and it's sound and it's visuals, you know, let's, let's have that on the table as discussion. Can we simply use that and shoot this second piece, um, put them together? You know, maybe there's some extra pickup shots that we do, you know, craft it and turn it into a feature. And with it being fully, um, you know, fully sanctioned, uh, say by the studio or the rights holders at that point, you know, anything's possible, right? Uh, because now you've got that backing, you've got that support. That's just one way that we could approach it. You know, there's one or two other ways that we could look at doing it as well, you know, depending on, on what their interests are, what direction they might want to go. Yeah. I was just going to, I agree with that. Yeah. We've, we've, we've talked long and hard about this and I, I think, um, um, because it depends too, right? I mean, what's the what's the value to the rights holders? And we know that Blumhouse obviously did the 2019 film, but the 2019 film is so far removed from anything it's completely the original different. did. I often yeah, wonder yeah. what 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 did they have in terms <clears throat> of rights? You know, the name, you, you know, because there's no Billy, there's no Agnes, there's no. It's not even the same story. So I don't know how. I mean, again, I'm not a entertainment lawyer. I'm not sure how that works. But I often wonder if if they what what part of the you know maybe did they license the name only or like like I, I don't know how that works but it just feels sort of weird and two I mean um you know maybe they had it and if Black Christmas 2019 was a gigantic box office success they would have spawned sequels um but it wasn't and so maybe they let it lapse and like to mm-hmm. your point dare I mean I, I'd be surprised if they still have it <laughs> you know, because that's been four years. They probably just let it lapse or, you know, and let it go yeah. back to the right holders. But, you know, Black Christmas, when you look at the box office, certainly of the, oh, Frank's bowed out. He's, oh, we uh, lost Frank. Oh, lost what Frank. happened? Where's he? Uh, okay. No, it's okay. He's, 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 he's going He'll be to, back. Uh, he's going to have some slaps. Um, good night, everybody. <laughs> uh, inside joke before we went live. So, anyway, so, um, but I, I was going to say that 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 it's it's probably um, you know a situation where what is the value right because when you look at the box office of the original obviously which probably isn't quite fair but it's you know years and years ago it wasn't mm-hmm. a huge hit or anything you you look at the 2006 film again not a huge hit you look at the 2019 film obviously not a huge hit so which probably bodes well for us actually um, you know to to be able to do what we're doing uh, mm-hmm. it, it, we're we're less of a threat in that way because they probably see well we're, you know it's not a it's not a box office you know we're not going to make millions of dollars even if we did one anyway mm-hmm. uh, officially kind of thing so i think it would depend uh, i'm getting to my point here i think it would depend <laughs> on on whether or not yeah what they wanted to do what what value do these <clears throat> do they see in what we're doing, right? Because as Bruce said, maybe they just want to package what we're doing already together and throw it up on to streaming as, you know, the 
official sequel now because yeah. I, I don't yeah. like what what value is there doing what we're doing in terms of a massive major theatrical release and box office. I don't know if Black Christmas carries that cachet. Halloween, I understand, right? We mm -hmm. try to do a Halloween fan film at this level, we'd be shut down because yeah. Yeah. you know clearly there's there's. I mean, it's a multi hundred million dollar franchise right now. Black Christmas, I don't think is it. You know, we're nowhere close to that. Yeah. So uh, I, th I could see a, a scenario. Yeah. Where it's like, Hey, why don't you just let us complete this? As Bruce said, maybe we do some pickup shots. Maybe we expand it a little bit, you know, shoot some other scenes to, you know, kind of pad it. Um, but just deliver this on to prime or on, you know, to Netflix or something like that as just a, you know, the sequel. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know, but I definitely would be open to discussions, obviously. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and and again, you, it, it all depends on the, um, <clears throat> you know, the ratio of your budget to uh, earnings, right? So, right. you know, our approach to shooting it, you know, maybe if if we can do it for, say, $2 million, you know, just throwing a number out there. Um, but if it can generate the kind of revenue that the other two films did, uh, like the 2006 and 2019 films, well, yeah, you're going to make bank on that. Absolutely. If it was to generate the same level of revenue that those yeah, films did. Yeah, but right. then if your budget's a bit lower and we're more economical with it, but still able to, you know, I'm confident in our ability to, you know, yeah. produce something at that level. Um, so maybe, maybe in that case, it is worth it for them, right? Because yeah. it's all relative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know. Have, what have you think, have you thought about you know? I remember when I was a kid and I would uh, edit together Halloween one and two. Um, nice. So it was a seamless three hour movie. I'd remove the credits. I'd I'd cut it. You know, the, the, the intro to the all that kind of stuff. The the Sandman thing was gone. Um, have you thought about as a DVD extra or a, um, you know putting the two together as as one feature? Like chapter we one and chapter two? Yeah, we we mm -hmm. have. We have. Uh, we're sort of waiting to see how chapter two plays out. And and in, in terms of uh, when we put it together, does it feel, you know, does it work as a feature? Yeah. Or does it work better episodic as, you know, chapter one, chapter two? Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So we're kind of waiting to, to, to see. Um, but when it's done and if we, you know, we put it together here at home and, and we're like, yeah, this plays really well, like totally. Yeah. Maybe we run like a post-production campaign, you know, and uh, you know um, and just kind of, and that's, you know, a perk, right. You know, where you can yeah, get, yeah. get uh, you know, the film on Blu-ray as, as, as one or so I know Vince uh, DeSanti has done that. So um, I think yeah, he calls it yeah. the ghost cut or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, for, for sure. Like we're totally open to it. We just kind of want to see how it how it jives first, and where do yeah, we, how yeah. does it play? Yeah, cool. I've put the I've put it in already, but I'm going to put it, put the link into the campaign uh, in the chat there. Thank you, folks. Check out the um, check out the uh, the Indiegogo campaign on the link in the chat there. We've also um, we've also got some um, super chats here before we move on that I should kind of catch up with. Uh, Debbie Bloom says, "Happy 300 epi 300 episodes. Yeah. Keep, keep up with the awesome content. Thank you, Darren and Frank. Thank you, Debbie. Um, yeah, the last awesome, episode Debbie. that we did, two episodes ago, I think, was our 300th episode. Mm -hmm, uh, and she sends in another, uh, which I guess is a sticker of some sort, a dollar. Um, mm -hmm. Brandon Collins sends in two dollars and says, "What an international rogues gallery! Let's go." 
Um, Chris Snyder asks an interesting question. He sends in $10 and says, I like how you made Agnes a person and his sister. I know that 2006 did that too, but could you watch the original movie and just assume Agnes was made up and split personality calls because he's that crazy? Yeah. Yes. Yes, you could. You could. So it, it was never clearly defined uh, like conclusively in the original film that Agnes was this crazy maniac who identifies as Billy, um, uh, his sister. That that came from Bob Clark afterwards at like, you know, interviews, Q&As and stuff before the 2006 film even came out where he, he would just, you know, he, he'd say, well, this is what I had in my mind, right? When I was writing it, um or not writing it but i guess when he was because obviously it was written by um uh uh somebody else but but when he was working on it and and working on the phone calls and all that kind of stuff because the phone calls well, i guess you could say he was written yeah he was because the the stuff that was said on the phone was uh recorded after the fact right mm-hmm. and uh so he he said that in in his mind Agnes was Billy's sister and he thought that maybe Agnes was abused by Billy when she was very young, a baby or something like that. And he ended up killing Agnes and, you know, his parents or something like these are just all things in his head, you know, motivation for some of the things that he was saying, but definitely Agnes, Billy, brother, sister. So that's not a 2006 invention. Uh, I think a lot, I think more people have probably seen the 06 movie than the original. Um, and therefore, when they see Agnes as Billy's sister in our film, they think we're tipping our hat to the 06 movie. We've got that a lot. Oh, I love how you paid homage to both movies. There's nothing fucking in our movie. No, no, there was okay. no homage to either. That's a, there's, there's nothing. <laughs> there's, there's literally no homage to the 19 or the 06 movie. But I can understand that if you're only familiar with the 06 movie, you understand sure. that Agnes is very clearly Billy's estranged, weird, you know, uh, sibling. You watch our movie. Oh, that's where they're taking it from it's not where we're taking it from we're just the 06 movie went that way and we decided to use that basis of what bob clark said and go in a different uh direction yeah. so um but uh but yeah i don't i don't think that yes sh- certainly you 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 could um think that if you wanted to but mm. uh but we chose to sort of ride what uh what clark had said cool uh nick jenner sends in 499 says what's up my brothers never was much of a horror fan before all you guys thank you for this incredible journey fellas thank you amazing nick. yes and nick's a great supporter of uh the chapter two campaign he's he's uh mm-hmm. he's he's donated mm-hmm. quite a bit so we really appreciate your support nick thank you yeah. thank you cool thank you no, nick's a great <laughs> supporter of ours as well so in fact our episode last night from Dustal dawn was uh was dedicated to nick um it was his choice Great. So, uh, if you Thanks. haven't seen that, check it out. Um, those of you in the chat room, it was a, it was a good episode. It was an hour long live one. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's available now. Um, okay, so obviously you don't have Shelby and Malika this time round. Um, so you have to kind of dream up another cast. Talk well, we it. we were thinking of doing the <laughs> weekend at Bernie's thing, you know, yeah. but, <laughs> or introducing zombies. You know, yeah. I know they'd both be down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. Sorry, what was the question? <laughs> talk, us, talk us through the cast. Right, Bruce. Yeah. Uh, well, of course, Olivia Hussey. Uh, let's just start there. <laughs> <laughs> let's start there. Um, 
yeah, we are, uh, it's, it's like, it's, it's, yeah, we're kind of beside ourselves on that and, uh, super excited. Um, and really just really looking forward to seeing her on set, you know, seeing just, you know, when you, you have a pro like that, just doing her thing, it's, it's to be able to witness and work with someone in that capacity is just incredible and super cool. So we're, we're just beyond excited, um, to be, to be working with her and, you know, to a lot of what Dave has said in past, um, past streams is that, you know, it, arguably she's the very first final girl or definitely mm. one of the first. Right. And so, yeah, yeah. uh, to have her come back and reprise her role is, uh, that that's amazing. It just adds so much more credibility uh, to to the project, you know. And we we strive to just that credibility on its own, even if she wasn't part of the project. Um, just with the way that we tell the story and the choices that we make creatively, and you know whatnot. So um, it's uh, so yeah. Uh, she's she's first. Uh, she's up. it's 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 really exciting. It was it was always our goal. That was the dream, right? You know, when when we ended, because we did try to reach out to her and make contact for the first movie. Um, we wanted her, we you know, when it when Victoria says, Grandma, we we were actually instead of cutting to black, we were gonna cut and we were gonna show Olivia Hussey come out of the shadows and into the light and and yeah. then cut there. Uh that was our goal. Uh very short, uh, but um that definitely would have been like, oh, oh my god. Yeah. Um Unfortunately, because of COVID and everything and, and, you know, the borders being closed and, and also because I, I had, we had trouble sort of, uh, pinning down who her representation was at that time. Um, and, uh, so it just, it didn't come to fruition. However, maybe it worked out for the best because obviously we're sort of, you know, on the other end of the pandemic now and, and things are open and, and, um, uh, people are traveling again and, and uh, and we were able to pin down uh, who her rep was and and um, to be able to, you know, to yeah, to 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 be in a position where she is interested in 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 being a part of the project and coming on board and and reprising, you know, her role is is uh, is very exciting. I mean, it, it was it was the, you know. It, 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 we, we would have done it without her, obviously, uh, you know, the show must go on and, you know, the story comes first and, and, uh, we would have still been able to, you know, deliver a, 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 a great second chapter for sure. hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. But yeah. to have her there is just that little bit extra, uh, where, when she steps out of the shadows, it's like, oh, oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, now, yeah. grandma, <laughs> grandma. Now it's, it's a whole different level now. You know what I yeah. mean? And uh, so we, yeah, we're just, yeah, we are. We're just uh, very excited. It must've been a real pinch me moment when, when you got that email or call saying that she'd like to do it. Yeah, it, absolutely. Yes, it, it, it was, it, it, it was, it was very exciting. Um, and, uh, you know, again, it was a process, uh, as you know, Darren, you know, with these, types of things they don't they don't happen overnight um mm. and you know unless i guess maybe you have you know eight million dollars in your pocket or something i don't know but uh you know these things don't don't happen overnight and so you know we were talking with her manager and and uh, uh going back and forth and and uh talking about the project and uh you know all that kind of stuff and and uh but when yeah when when it 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 it, it happened and 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 you know, um, again, there's lots of things we'd love to be able to discuss publicly, but obviously just because of where we're at in the campaign, 
we like to keep certain things, you know, the uh, private for now, but uh, to be able to be in a position where um, we are with her and, and, and it's like, okay, guy, she's in, go raise the money. Mm-hmm. It's like, were you serious, Clark? You know, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, it's like uh, okay. Uh, all right. Well, let's go do this. Then. Yeah. Let's make this happen. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Welcome back, Frank. <laughs> yeah. Frank, welcome it's back. Oh, I didn't even yeah, know he was like, gone. Was like, yeah. I didn't even know uh, he was, was gone. Like, oh, it's more. It's Billy me talk. Uh, I got to go somewhere for a second. <laughs> I, Frank, I didn't even know you were gone. So <laughs> usually that's how people feel about me, too. <laughs> um, so next in the cast, you have Victoria Miro. Mm. Yeah. Again, incredibly talented. We were, she is so pro like for real. Like when we were, when we were filming the first one, uh, just her, just how prepared she was and in any of the given moments, just walking through the emotional journey with her, like director to actor um, and, and just her, her ability, like it, you know, we're speaking the same language. Um, and, and she's very much that thinking actor where she does, I think she's kind of that balance, you know, cause some performers, they prefer more short, concise uh, type direction and, you know, they, they got it. It's cool. You know, um, they'll figure it out from there. <clears throat> um, and then other ones, they really want to explore more of the psychology of the character, go deeper with it. And I find that she's a really great blend of the two, because sometimes as a director, you want to be able to say, and I'll court, quote George Lucas, faster, more intense, uh, which I can appreciate <laughs> very legitimately that kind of direction. I can appreciate that and I get it. Um, but then sometimes we need to go into some of that backstory of like, where are you coming from? Where are you now? Where are we going? Why are we there? You know, and I, yeah. I certainly love that stuff as a director, kind of going to that level too. Yeah. I, I, again, I echo what, what you've said. I mean, Victoria is incredibly talented and, uh, so talented that she can turn it on and off uh, quite quickly. I mean, she's she's away from the character of Sam and just herself. She's bubbly and friendly and outgoing and, uh, you know, just so extroverted and fun and everything. And then the second, you know, you say action, it's like she's a completely different person. Mm-hmm. You know, she becomes Sam. You know, and um, so to, to to have that level of talent and self-awareness to be able to do that is is a talent in and of itself. Um, and yeah, she's just such a, a, a great person. We love working with her, talking with her. She's positive, you know, brings a positive energy to the set. Um, and she, you know, knocked it out of the park in the first one. And, and, and of course, what's exciting about this too is that, you know, Sam... Now we have the opportunity to show you the completion of her arc, you know, whereas, you know, one of the criticisms we got, you know, in the first was like, well, it's just kind of Sam just kind of, I said, well, it's not the end of the movie yet. It's, you know, it's just, you just watched one. Yeah. Hey, if we had studio backing, you'd already be on to the next episode. You know what I mean? Um, but when you don't, you kind of have to take these things. Stage. So what's exciting for us now is that you're right. Sam in the first one, she was going through a lot. She was, you know, emotional. She was dealing with the death of her, of her uh, mom. She, she thinks the death of her grandmother. And, and, you know, so there's a lot of sort of pensive kind of emotional kind of, kind of, you know, melancholy sort of kind of state and um but now she's in a position where 
she's got to fight back. You know, she's got to like that great line. I've said this on my own channel, but again, it foreshadows sort of the inevitable. I mean, this is all on purpose, all planned, of course. Right. Um, and I think people will watch the first chapter when they watch the second chapter and go, ah, I see. You know how you kind of do. Right. You know, when you're waiting for the next installment, yeah. Um, yeah. when Emma says, well, uh, she says, you know, I got to start taking care of myself, Emma. Um, uh, what did she say? I, I, I don't want to end up like her. Um, and Emma says, you're not like her, you're strong, like your grandma. And just that sort of that, that is foreshadowing that there, there is that strength of Jess in her. There's that strength of her grandmother in her, but she's kind of going through something right now. We don't need to know what that is specifically. We just sort of say, you know, it's clear that she's going through a lot. You know what I mean? And she doesn't want to end up like her mother because her mother was an alcoholic and she doesn't want to end up like, you know, all this kind of stuff. Right. And, and so this, you know, rediscovering um, when she gets tossed into the basement and she's at her lowest point, you know, she rediscovers that strength that she does have in her that's untapped by reuniting with her grandmother, right? Uh, the reminder of that strength. And her grandmother, who's at her lowest point right now, she's very strong, but she's at her lowest point. She finds renewed hope in the discovery of her granddaughter. And so now they have this renewed hope in each other to be able to tap into that and fight back. And, and, you know, it's, it's that, that's exciting to be able to work with that and show Sam's arc. So now she, Sam becomes a true final girl now, right? Well, well I was she, wondering, she, she has that, that, that arc. If, if you didn't get Olivia Hussey, would you have just kind of like pulled a Hitchcock and put a skeleton in a chair or something like that? Or, uh, <laughs> <laughs> How would you know any grandma anyway, Darren? <laughs> no, we would have recapped. This is your grandma. There, let's put it this way. We're, we're not, not that, not that. Uh, there are, there are and were uh, different scenarios that 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 did run through as as it does when you're you know writing this kind of stuff there were different scenarios that ran through our head of of what you know grandma what what it all could mean um but we were not against recasting uh because we would have put the same diligence and and hard work into recasting uh as we did to casting sam you know and the fact mm -hmm. that she kind of looks like a young olivia hussey she's mm -hmm. very talented and you know so you would you would again walk away from the movie going, Oh, I totally believe that was Jess, you know, 50 years later. Um, but, the, the, but once the movie is done and out there, we'll, we'll talk about some of the different scenarios that, that, that we contemplated or thought about, but none were, were a skeleton in a chair hanging from the ceiling. <laughs> well, or a big toaster. It wouldn't be the first time for Olivia Hussey. She played Norma Bates in Psycho 4. Which That's is true. true. She did. She did. She <laughs> yeah. played. Uh, yeah, she did. She was Norman Bates's mother in Psycho 4. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Uh, Lynn Griffin. Amazing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. This was exciting. And and Lynn is just a, a, a sweetheart and fun and uh, professional and obviously experienced. And uh, um, when we we were we we wanted to bring her back um because mm -hmm. we thought that would be a lot of fun but her character of course died in the original so how do you bring them back right and so we came up with this idea to enough time has gone by where you know you can tell 
when you look at a 22 year old Lynn from the original movie and now you look at, you know, Lynn now, you can tell that it's the same woman, but enough time has gone by mm. um, that she could play a different person. If this was like three years after the original, then she, and we wanted to bring her back, we'd probably have to say, well, it's her twin sister. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But we don't necessarily have to do that with this one because so much time has gone by. And we thought, well, what if she comes back and plays Claire's sister? There was no mention of a sister, which means yeah. that she may she may have had one. And and who's to say that she can't come back and play her sister? So we thought that was an interesting sort of take. And uh, her sister is named Nancy, and Nancy is a is a former cop who's who's hell bent on, you know, she's she's never forgotten the the you know the death of her sister, the murder of her sister, you know, which she believes, despite what the police say, she believes has truly never been solved. And there's reasons she feels that way uh which we can't get into but um very exciting and lynn was totally on board from the get-go she she just you know she does a lot of these you know horror black christmas uh conventions so she she was on board with it from the start i'm mm -hmm. glad because yeah. uh she has one of the most iconic deaths in cinematic history she does uh, mm -hmm. and she's also the face of michael myers fist yeah. Uh, so <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah the, i think i think i was the one that started that with a video like four or five years ago when you look at the did you tell her that did you say is this you no you but it's it? it spread like I don't wildfire. Think that's yet. <laughs> it spread it spread like wildfire because tony moran from the original halloween that had like five seconds of you know Who? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's he spread that around. And I think it, I, I don't want to take I mean, I, I don't know, obviously, but like four or five years ago, I noticed that on the poster of the original Halloween, how there's, you know, the pumpkin and the fist with the knife. You know, when you look mm -hmm. at the knuckles on the fist and this is just sheer coincidence, I just was <laughs> having fun. When you look at the knuckles on the fist, it looks like the profile Place shot of Lynn in the bag. And yeah. I did Lynn this video. Money, isn't she? I did this video where, <laughs> yeah. where I cross dissolve right. the two. I cross dissolve the two and it absolutely fits. Well, I'm being obviously no, but I'm, but of course it catches on like wildfire and the horror community is like, Oh my God, did you know that the arena is like, no, 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 no. It's not, it, no, no. Cause the artist came out years or shortly after that was like, no, that's no, it, it's not even a face. It's just, it's just pure coincidence. You know it's what I mean? Just so, hand. Well, it's just people, a hand and knuckles, you know, people yeah. think what's, that, that what's that called? What's that called when you see shapes in uh it's called something when you see shapes in clouds it's a and boat. things like that. Yeah, but there's <laughs> there's like a phenomenon to it. I forget what it's called, but anyway. Well, yeah, people I forget think the your area 51 yeah. uh, storming was uh, real anyway, too. That's true. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Reverse uh, engineering Nick spaceships. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Nick Jenner sends in 499. Thanks again, Nick. That's really kind of you. And says, I'm not much for gore, so I really enjoy your style of horror, Bruce and Dave. Really hope you get a shot at some original work. Most res much respect, boys. Cool. Thank you, Nick. I cool. really appreciate Thank you, yeah, Nick. Appreciate that very much. Yeah. 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 I just want to say uh, we're really excited to work with Lynn, too. Like, she's, uh, again, great, great personality, very bubbly, very friendly off camera. And, uh, Again, you can tell she's someone that comes to the table really prepared and knows her stuff. And she just loves horror in general. Like, I think she yeah. was quoted as saying, you know, this stuff's in my DNA. So <laughs> we're like, awesome. <laughs> I mean, she's, she uh, must she's be excited great. because it's like, I'm coming back to my roots. 
I know she this is. role. I know well, this character, but I'm playing a different character, but I know the setting I'm in. Right. Mm. Well, and that's it. And that was part of the conversation that we had with her, um, you know, when meeting with the cast and and just talking through the script with everybody. It wasn't like a, a read through or anything. It was just a, hey, what do you, what's some feedback? What are some thoughts that you all have um, to give us some 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 notes, you know, as they say. So, uh, you know, and she was great at at really wanting to explore the character, talk through things, shared with us some of the some of the background inside knowledge that we wouldn't otherwise have because she worked on the original film and because she had the experience of working with Bob Clark and, um, you know, working with Olivia Hussey then. And, you know, just there was some really great insight that she shared with us that helped us um, with, with some of the, some, some minor revisions that we've made to the script since just to kind of tweak it, align it a bit better. But at the same time, it was an extremely validating conversation because after she read the script, she went, I really love what you guys did. Uh, really love like what you've done with the characters and where you've taken it. And I think, you know, to some of Dave's points, that's where when, when you have a film like the original 1974 film, there's so much left unspoken in some ways. We latched on to the threads that we could but we saw that we could take the liberty to grow that story, develop things, flesh them out further, and just get really creative with it. But at the same time, honor and respect the IP, the characters. Um, how do I put it? Like I've often said to Dave, it's I'll use the analogy like with, with Star Wars, right? It's like, or any of these major IPs, it's like, you almost have to approach it now as a director, as a writer, as though you are, you're directing a series. You can't just go and make brash decisions with your characters when it's like, that's not what that character would do. That's not who that mm. character is, you know, even though it, and that concept hasn't often been applied to cinema in some ways, right. When you're doing these things, um, it's more of something that was really honored more, I'd say with the Marvel series, like with some of those, uh, those characters, cause they've got the continuity like you would any television uh, series. So I find for us, it's been taking a similar approach as directors, as writers, let's honor and respect what we've got, but then evolve the characters, modernize. Where would we be today? It's 50 years later. Let's fill some of those gaps and have fun with it. Yeah. You mean to tell me Dr. Loomis wouldn't be writing a book about Michael Myers and going on a show with Weird Al Yankovic to talk about it? Correct. <laughs> it's it's well, possible. It's possible. We thought about having Loomis in our movie. Is yeah. there a Billy book deal going on yeah. for Billy after this movie? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Billy survives yep. and uh, is revealed to be Dr. Loomis. He's going to write he's going to write the memoir. He's got a memoir. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's going to be at the next Barnes and Nobles for book That's, That's right. That's right. Oh, but by the way, the term Dave is looking for is paridolia, is it? Is that how you Paridolia? Paridolia? Paridolia. Okay. Like when people see Jesus' face in their grilled cheese. Right. Exactly. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. That's it. That's it. Caro Coltman. <laughs> yes. Caro yeah. is uh Caro is awesome. She's great. Uh again, uh experienced and um, you know, what we I, I like about Carol a lot is that she is not uh afraid to um you know ask questions uh, nobody is but but uh, but i just i've i've noticed about carol is that she's 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 um she's and i really like this about her is that she's 
she 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 wants to know why we've done something Be, because she's thinking about her character right and she's thinking about you know oh that's interesting oh that's you know why did you guys do that or why did you guys do that or you know what i mean and 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 i really like that 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 she wants to know that much and dive that deep into it and she's not afraid to ask those questions which i think is really great because some actors who may not be as experienced might just kind of you know, read the script and they might have a lot of concerns or a lot of confusion, but maybe too afraid to speak up, you know, and to ask. And, and, and we want that. We want, I mean, if, if there's something you're confused about or not sure about, I mean, by all means, ask us, right. You know what I mean? I mean, that's really important because we want you to feel comfortable. And I think it, it also could come with age as well. Right. I mean, she's been, you know, she's been doing this a long time. She's been through this before as Lynn has, you know, as a lot of people have. So, so I, I think it's, it's that we really appreciate that about, about, uh, about everybody, but especially about Caro as well, um, to be able to really kind of dive into who her character is and ask those questions, you know, about maybe why we made a certain choice in the script or why we had her character do that, or, you know, how does that connect? to this or whatever we we love that we love that engagement you know because it, mm -hmm. it it shows us that that they are committed you know it's not just yeah no i thought the script was fine you know what i mean it's like i thought the script was great but what about this why are we doing this love that you know what i mean mm -hmm. and maybe we come yeah. across and, and 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 say well we're doing this because of this that and the other and she might go oh okay i get that uh or we might look at that and go Oh, you know what? That's a good point. Why are we doing that? Hmm, hang on a sec. We might have to kind of, you know what I mean? And and like, mm -hmm. I really like that, you know, uh, relationship with her. And and she's exceptionally talented and really wants to be that villain. You know what I mean? Like, really is yeah, excited yeah. to 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 dive into that aspect of of uh, of Agnes. So she yeah, had she's one great. of the best lines. Billy, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> she's great. Oh, she's got. She, I, I, I won't say what they are, but she's got some pretty good lines in this one too. She, she oh, came she out does. of nowhere for me. I'm like Agnes. Holy shit! Oh yeah, <laughs> great. That's what that we was wanted. the curveball. That was a curveball yeah. for me. Yeah, that we we definitely wanted that. We, um, I was there. Were, there were uh, one of my favorite moments from her was when she's in the car, uh, just before she puts the chloroform over. Sam's face. And she's like, don't worry, dear. We'll make sure you're taken care of. And just yeah. like, that was the line we really finessed with her because, and, and again, to Dave's point, she's, she's a thinking performer. Like she, yes, she's she thinking about the character. She wants to know the psychology of the character. Um, and we spent a lot of time really finessing that line. And I, like, I was so happy with how she delivered it. Cause it was, you know, if you don't get it right, it's, it's not, you're not going to sell it, but it's like, you know, you, you can't let Sam on as to who you really are. You can tell she doesn't know, but we want that sinister. And, and with, with her character in the first film, it was all about, you know, there's this gradual dropping of the mask from, from her character as she as could the, turn on the coldness like on. that. That's it. You know, That's it. it. Just... And that was, yeah. Yeah. And that was very much like a key piece of her character that it was, it's very much that, you know, Dave and I, um, I don't know if we had ever uh, mentioned this to her specifically, but I, we had used that analogy of Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, and just, just the split personality concept. That's it really not literally that character, but um, just the notion that there are very much two distinct sides of you. And, you know, because you're that functioning psychotic, you're able to be Mrs. Crane, bubbly, everything's great. You're that nurse that works at the hospital or wherever it is. And, uh, you know, but behind closed doors, you're this sinister villain that's really the brains behind this operation. Like um, Annie Wilkes. 
Yeah. Misery. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's she a, was it's a reference. A, her character was a reference for us. When, yes. She was yes, talking with yes, her. She was, she was, yeah. I, I said, I said, we wanted sort of that Kathy Bates type from misery yeah. and, and it's, it's, yeah, you're right. She is a, she, she's just as psychotic as Billy, just as psychotic as Billy, but she's functioning. She's a functioning psychotic. Billy's not a functioning. Yeah. So he can't, he can't, you know, he can't be out there on his own whole job. You know what I'm saying? He can't, you know, he's, he's, he's different. She's functioning and, and, uh, and very cold. And, and to Bruce's point, it worked. That line works so well because, and you can play with it. You can, you can go with it. You, you can push it a little further, right? Don't worry, dear. I'll make sure you're taken care of. Like, it, it, you know, if they were just in a car riding along and it was a normal sunny day or whatever, delivering that line like that, even to the to Sam might be like, why are you delivering it like that? Why are you delivering it? So, you know what I mean? But we can push it just a little bit because, because of Sam's emotional state, right? Mm -hmm. She's not, she's not thinking about that. She's, she's emotional. She's not there. She, so you can push it, you know, the sinister aspect just a little bit for the audience, right? So the mm -hmm. audience goes, oh, that's interesting, but it's properly motivated or it makes so much sense. I should say that Sam wouldn't pick up on it because she's oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. like, she's not even thinking about it. Right. So it really worked well. It's a lot of fun. Billy, yeah. get Sam out of the cock-a-doody car. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah she's got, the, you got to break his ankles or whatever. That's it. And I think that's where I where there are some moments, and I know we've got Billy up now, and, and it, there's some moments with the second chapter where we're going – part of this story is now exploring the characters of these villains even more and, and stepping into their psychological space. Um, and, and some of the horror and the terror that you feel when in that space with them. Uh, and, and one of the things we had often talked about with the first chapter was uh, this very shot that you've got on the screen with Billy. One of our key directing points when talking with Greg and even talking with Billy was, I mean, with Brian was, um, we want it to appear as from the audience point of view as though you just stepped into this space and you have that sudden uh, terror that runs through you where you feel, oh shit, I'm in the wrong place at the wrong time and I'm, I'm going to be fucked if I don't get out of here now. Like, like that just kind of like that sense of urgency and terror that a person can get. Um, and that's what we wanted in that moment. And choosing this point of view and this angle, this distance from the character, um, all of it, you know, every every piece is crafted and purposely well, chosen. We we had uh, the camera on um, on track here, and we were pulling back, and that pulling back is like that Homer Simpson meme where he like you know steps back into the bushes, you know, or the GIF I should say, <laughs> you know, just like oh nothing to see here, whatever. Flanders that's what episode. that's like. So it's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, but Brian Charles Peter is uh, is is great. Uh, we he he was not our brother. Yes, he uh, he's yes, that that's right, and that really is his long hair. Uh, a lot of people, yeah. I've had people think that that was me. I've had people say, "Is that you in a wig?" Uh, even today, I've had people say, "Did you <laughs> play?" Yeah, people, are you Billy? And I'm like, "Well, did you?" I, I guess you didn't stay for the credits. Uh, that's a, a sign there. Uh, no, I did not play Billy. It is Brian Charles Peter uh, who gave a great audition. 
Uh, it was shot. His audition was shot very cinematically he by kept his him secret for the longest time, too, guys. Hmm. He was we did. really secret. He's, well, the, he's the one person they wanted to know who was playing. And you're like, I, wait, just wait till the movie comes out. Well, we just yeah. it's all it's yeah. all part of the psychological game that you play, too. Right. Mm-hmm. Is that it's it's keeping him. Uh, it's getting a little method, I guess, you know, but, but it's, 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 it doesn't matter. He he's, he's an enigma. So it doesn't matter who's playing him, you know? And, and, and so I, I think that helped a bit, but he's, he's great. And, and that really is his long hair and his audition, like I said, was shot very cinematically. He has a, a, um, director of photography son who works in the business. And when, uh, we got his audition, we looked at, we're like, this looks this looks way yeah. too professional. This, what the hell is this? Like, what is this? Is this, is this a clip from a movie he was in that he's just, well, we actually yeah. thought that at first that we thought it was a clip from a film that he had done that he just sent us his audition. Yeah. Um, but then it became, you know, very apparent that it wasn't because he was actually going through the motions of our sides. But, um, but he's, he's, he's great. A lot of fun to work with and, mm-hmm. um, uh, and just the, you know, the look of him and, and he too uh, will ask questions about sort of the mental state of Billy. Where am I? What am I doing? Am I thinking about this? You know, to get in his head so he can sort of go there, you know? So yeah, love Brian. You have checked that he hasn't cut his hair, haven't you? Yes. He, uh, (laughs) after, after chapter one, after chapter one, he sent us a message and he was like, I just want to let you know, I'm going to shave my beard. And we're like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. He needs to shave it off. He's had it for a while. (laughs) And then when we announced chapter easy, like most of us, Exactly. And then with, when we announced chapter two last fall, he's like, all right, I'm going to start growing it. And he has, and I, I think it's like back now, like, you know what I mean? So yeah, it's great. <laughs> Excellent. Um, guys, this is your moment now, before we move on to the, the psychological horror selections that we've done, um, plug away. We've got, I'll put the link back in the chat in, in the, in the chat room. Well, Go yeah. for it. I would yeah, just say that you. I'll, I'll say this. I'll say that obviously between our two channels, there are overlap, obviously people mm-hmm. that watch you that watch me. So there's a lot of people that will watch this, uh, this show and obviously know, know about, uh, or, you know, we'll probably be able to recite in their lips, everything I'm saying. Um, but we know that because of the content that you guys do, um, you also have uh, a fair amount of people that watch you that, that don't watch, watch me. So, uh, you know, we're trying to reach as many new people as we possibly can. Um, and this is a project we're very excited about. Uh, if you are a fan of the original black Christmas, um, and you don't know about it's me billy uh it's free on youtube you can watch it just type in it's me billy it should be the first thing that pops up um and uh we are now in the middle of crowdfunding chapter two with olivia hussey uh which is incredible and beyond exciting and um we are going to deliver again it's it's a fan film but we don't want the stigma of fan films to get it, it it's a it's a hard thing to 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 weed through because there is such a stigma and rightly so we get it because 99% of the time, most fan films will be friends in your backyard on your phone, you know, bad acting, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but we are a fan film and we have to call ourselves that because we don't own the intellectual property, but this is a professional production through and through top to bottom, you know, a real low budget indie horror shoot. Um, and we need your help. We need your help to make this a reality. We can't do it without you. You are the ones that that um, uh, that make it a reality. And we've 
we're, I mean, we are, we are beyond thrilled that we are at 55% of our budget right now. There's 35 days left. That'll change to 34 days at about four o'clock this afternoon. Uh, so we have just a few days over a month left and 45% to make up. Uh, and if we can get that campaign into demand, that means if we can reach our goal and get the campaign Sorry, if we reach our goal, that means, which is 120,000 Canadian, about 88, 89,000 US, about, what is it, 77, 8,000 UK pounds, I think, or something like that? It is uh, 71,000 UK pounds. 71,000 UK pounds. So if we can reach that goal, uh, then the campaign goes into demand. And what that means is that although the campaign comes to an end, we can officially begin to raise money um, even after the fact. Uh, which is always great because as indie filmmakers, you can always use that extra money for contingency mm -hmm. or, you know, hey, you know what, that 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 scene we were going to act, we can add that in. Hey, that character we had to, hey, maybe we can, hey, that scene that we had to cut short, actually, you know what, maybe now we can extend it. Um, hey, we were going to take six days to shoot. Now we can take eight or now we can take, you know, seven or like what have you. Um, so it, it, it always helps. It always helps. It makes things a lot easier. Um, so that is the goal. Um, and uh, we appreciate any support you, you, you can. You can pick up a perk. There's Blu-rays and T-shirts and, and um, the sweater that Olivia Hussey wore in the original Black Christmas. Mm -hmm. We have exact mm -hmm. replicas available on the campaign. Uh, signed autograph from Lynn is on the campaign. Uh, you can become a co-producer and get a Halloween Kills flashback Michael Myers mask. Uh, executive producer, associate producer, uh, posters, official posters, teaser posters. There's all sorts of good stuff. Uh, stuff on there if you're not interested in that and you just want to support the campaign uh you can donate as well you don't have to pick up a perk you can donate everything from you know one dollar to five hundred dollars it's it's up mm -hmm. to you so any support is greatly appreciated we literally can't do this without you this is not a mm -hmm. situation where we're trying to sort of raise a bit of funds to kind of you know help no no this is it's everything it's 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 from the fans for the fans. The fans fund it. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And I think, well, it just uh, it just went up slightly. So great, yeah. great. <laughs> let's uh, it worked. Let's hear it. it went up slightly. Yeah. We're now hey no, that's amazing. And and I can tell by how much it went up. Somebody picked up. Uh, let me just see here. Actually, maybe it's just a donation. I was going to say it's a perk, but let me just see. Mm -hmm. uh, it was because I'll give him a shout out. Uh, it was a donation from Darth Payne. Just donated twenty four bucks. Oh, Amazing! Nice. Thank you, Darth yeah. Payne. Really appreciate it. Yeah, 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 exactly. And that's and that's what it's all about, right? Is just keeping that momentum going. Like we're entering our fourth week or our fifth week next week. I guess I think it is our fourth week or fifth week. Uh, fifth anyway, week. Yeah. Fifth week. Yeah. So it's it's really important that through the middle part of the campaign we keep that momentum yeah. going we've raised a lot we've done really well but there's still as i said there's still you know um a lot to go so mm -hmm. anything can help the campaign we really want we we it, it would be a shame if this opportunity was missed with olivia hussey <laughs> you know yeah. we, we we really want to do i mean for those of you that might not i don't know about black christmas this is the equivalent of laurie strode doing a how of jamie lee curtis doing a halloween fan film yeah. as laurie stroke a professional production a short film that's the equivalent of this yeah. so think yeah. of that yeah. and go oh wow this is really kind of cool <laughs> you yeah. know so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and darth sends in two dollars of super chat as well and says uh, also for frank's cut out campaign <laughs> 
<laughs> Somebody did say, Frank, when you disappeared, that you may be uh, quietly interfering with that Dr. Loomis behind you there. But oh, uh, the you know, I'm guessing passion. you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do like a lot of eyes on me. <laughs> Anything you want to say, uh, Bruce, before we go over to this to the, um, the movies? Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll keep it brief. Just in that, uh, to when you're thinking, or some people often question, well, why is it that you require so much money to make a movie? Um, filmmaking is a very expensive endeavor when you want to produce it at a professional level, hands down. Um, and that's what we're going for is, is a true professional grade product at the end of the day. Um, that's what we did with the first film. And we want to achieve that with the second film. So when you're thinking it through, it's like, it's, it's paying the actors, it's paying the crew. Uh, it's, it's taking care of logistics costs to get people out there. And, and you'd be surprised. It's everything from the truck that you have to rent to pick up your rental equipment to shoot the movie. And you got to put fuel in that truck and you got to pay the rental fee on that truck. Uh, cause we're shooting on location. So it's not in studio, even if it was in studio. Uh, these are, there's a lot of very realistic costs that have to be, um, met in order for you to produce something, uh, insurance, uh, insurance for the actors, insurance for the equipment, uh, to renting the location. Um, you know, you've got to have everything down to the details of first aid kits on set to make sure that you've got health and safety taken care of. Uh, you know, if something were to happen, um, you know, purchasing the props, costumes, uh, the list goes on, right? So there, there's a lot of facets that go. people need to it. eat. Yeah, people need craft to services. Eat. <laughs> Don't forget those craft services. Right, that stuff. Um, Accommodations, so production insurance. Yeah, yeah. Union fees. That's everything. It. Yeah, it's huge. yeah. And 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 some of the costs have naturally gone up to Dave's point because it is now a union production. Um, and and that's where the performers that were in the first film, they have grown in their careers since that first film in just a couple of years, where they're now unionized performers. Well, we can't not use them. They're the same characters, the same actors. We got to bring them into this film. So, um, so that does go up a bit just by virtue of them being uh, now with the union. Uh, and it's all good stuff because that means that films like Chapter One and the other work that they've been doing have helped accelerate their career. And so, multiple people, you know, are are contributing and benefiting. Um, and it's, so it's, it's positive all around when I say that. So, um, just keep all of that stuff in mind that that's what your money's going to. And I'll just finish by saying that, you know, Dave and I don't take a single penny from this, like not at all, not in Zero. any way, shape or form. 100% of all funds raised go to the making of the movie, uh, in its entirety. And even then Dave and I are still putting in money out of our own pocket to, uh, close certain gaps and certain things. Uh, we have to, so hmm. you'd be surprised. And if we showed you, a detailed budget you'd go oh wow i didn't realize that cost that oh wow shit really yep here it is you know <laughs> damn inflation damn it <laughs> and and that too yeah that's very much had a realistic factor too so yep. uh, yeah yeah thank that you gallon guys. milk uh, three years ago was cheaper than this <laughs> <laughs> yep yep you are also eating foie gras and swan on set yeah <laughs> swan <laughs> caviar listen everybody everybody's going to be having caviar so. yeah yep. <laughs> yep. uh brandon collins sends in five dollars and says Thanks, i can't brandon. wait to be a guest on your show dave we'll yes. be talking about maria carey's glitter for two hours <laughs> listen i i was hoping i was hoping we'd talk about it for four hours but if you want to do two that's well fine. 
this is the thing, Brandon. You should try and get your money's worth here. Look, Killers of the Flower <laughs> Moon is going to be four hours long, so uh, maybe choose that one. <laughs> the Irishman, that's a lengthy film as well. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Again, folks, I'm going to post that link in the chat once more. Um, and although I, it's also in the description below. Um, and I'll put the link to the first movie in the description below as well. Um, right. Appreciate but, that, Darren. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. Yeah, I suggest no everybody out there, if you're going to go into work and you need to buy your cups of coffee, there's some of you out there who drink six cups of coffee a day. Back up. <laughs> only get that one <laughs> cup of coffee and put it to these guys. Really? <laughs> there you really? Go. I mean, as there much you as you spend on a Starbucks coffee, it's up to like $6 Listen, for one cup. Listen, do you really need the 80th Michael Myers action figure? You could put the money. (laughs) I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Sell your collections. Put it towards me, Billy, too. Yeah. And you know what? Dave and I are going to get action figures made of us and put that up as a perk in the campaign. (laughs) Don't say that. People are going to think we're serious. I'm joking. I'm joking. (laughs) That actually is not a bad idea. Billy action figures, 3D printing, but very costly. If this, if we get to uh, the 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 full amount, I will get a Bruce and Dave cutout for the background here. Amazing! <laughs> we'll send you the artwork. We'll send you the artwork. Ah, oh, and he's serious too. He's gonna do he it. Will. He will. He will do that it. Be I awesome. got a Darren, you know, just just in case, you know. That would be awesome. <laughs> I love it. All right, psychological horror. We don't have a lot of time here. Okay. <laughs> Frank, do you want to lead us on? Sure. So uh, we yeah. sent out the when Dave and Bruce were uh, going to come on, we say, what are your favorite top five psychological horror movies? And we came up with a list for all of us. And we're going to go counterclockwise, starting with Dave. And they're going to just describe why they like these movies they put on their list. So because East Bay Billy is really not a slasher, is it? It's kind of is it kind of like a psychological it, horror yeah. More yeah. than a slasher because yeah. he's not constantly killing like a Michael Wood or, or Jason go like from here to here to here to here really quick. Yeah, yeah. Well, the 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 term of what a slasher is has evolved, right? Like yeah. Halloween, Black Christmas, they were slasher. Psycho was a slasher. You know what I mean? That's that's what it was. And then of course the slasher subgenre evolved thanks to Halloween and then Friday the 13th and all the low budget God awful films like don't go in the woods and all, you know, all this kind of stuff all the way to Elm street and all that. So it technically it is, but in compared to what we know today, you're right. It's, it's more of a psychological horror film and it's me, Billy sort of to, to feel like it's, canonically connected to the original we want it to feel like it lived in the same universe so it too is more psychological than traditional slasher yep so in honor of it's me billy too here we go our list all right so uh these are uh, obviously there's a bunch that uh the panel here has chosen that i'm like oh yes i gotta totally put that on my list yes you son of a bitch (laughs) so these are in my opinion these are like at least for me i don't want to speak for you guys but for me these are five of my favorite psychological horror movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, not necessarily my top five, but they, they, these are just five of, because, I mean, there's a few of the ones that you guys picked. I'm like, oh, yeah, totally. Anyways, The Others, one of my favorite horror films of all time. 
Um, love this movie. Love the it's one location, very central, very it's me, Billy kind of thing in that regard. Uh, the here I go again. God, it's uh, the mood, the atmosphere, <laughs> um, just the way it's shot, and the and and again, it is more of that what goes bump in the night kind of stuff. No blood, no guts, no gore. Just and I love the 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 fact that uh, they wrote into the script how the children um are allergic and it actually is a real disease i forget the name of it now but are you know allergic to the light uh which is a great thing to vampires <laughs> right right yeah yeah um but it's it's great because then it it gives the the excuse to then paint the entire picture really in the dark you know even during the day the you know the mother has to close the curtains in every room that she takes like you know the kids into because they have the photosensitivity to the light like you know whatever it is so i love that aspect it just gives the filmmakers the excuse to shoot in the dark all the time uh which is which is great that's a great sort of uh uh thing to write into the script and um yeah, it's just eerie and and the, the fog and everything. And I just love just the vibe and the feel of it. And I think it's got one of the greatest twists of all time. I think mm -hmm. this movie came out two years after The Sixth Sense. So it was compared to The Sixth Sense in that regard. I like this movie better than The Sixth Sense. I like mm -hmm. the twist better in this movie than I do The Sixth Sense. Mm -hmm. um, in The Sixth Sense, for some reason, I... I kind of saw it. I was like, why is nobody, is everybody, no, nobody's talking, but in this, I, oh, so they're the others. The others are the people mm. that are, ah, like when she walked, I, I totally got me. I totally got me. So anyways, for the sake of time, I could go on, but yeah, it's awesome. I love and it. ghost sex, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Do it up, Frank. <laughs> there is, there's ghost sex in it. <laughs> I don't remember that part. <laughs> there he is. The, the husband comes back for war and they hook up again and he just splits out again you know well it's implied yeah mm. bruce hereditary <laughs> thought of that yeah hereditary yeah hereditary um okay it's great yeah i i love just the scare factor of it i found it super creepy mm. uh very haunting um some of my favorite moments where you've got like you know the mother and you know like just the uh, the mother standing in the dark and it's like, is she there? Is that, did I see that? Yeah. Did that like the paranormal aspect that was presented in it? I thought it was very tastefully done, very classy. Um, but uh, as, as I, as the filmmakers had said on this film, they were playing in the shadows uh, and, and just operating in the shadows. And those <clears throat> for me as a filmmaker and with horror, one of the things I find most scary is when, something happens unexpectedly or there's eyes watching you. They're physically in the same space as you and you have no awareness that they're there. And then all of a sudden you discover that they're there and they're just staring at you and they're, they're just, they're just there. Like, you know, and there's nothing you can do about it. You're just frozen in that moment of fear. Um, like when I watch you sleep. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. I don't know where to go from there. <laughs> but I love that you were like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Continue. Yeah, and just, you know, some wonderfully disturbing moments in it that were oh, yeah. just yeah. All that over. shock so. about a third of the way in is just yep. oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. that, great that threw me for a loop. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I love I love the uh 
the cinematography in the opening, how like you 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 push it onto what looks like this dollhouse yes. and then it becomes mm-hmm. the house. Yes. Yeah. Great yeah. cinematography in the well, movie too. And that was it, right? Like the way that just the the choices that the directors made, the writer made when it came to um, how they were going to tell the story, just the layers to it, the the psychological layers to it, uh, this perception of reality and, and self and just all these things that played into it um so yeah. that symbolism that very heavy with a lot of symbolism um yeah i loved it for all those reasons and so, both well, hereditary well film for sure and both hereditary and the others were used as uh visual examples for yeah. greg for it's me billy mm. yeah. wow wow yeah yeah cool great film really really lo- and midsummer as well um, oh yeah uh, and um bo is afraid eh. uh <laughs> <laughs> moving on uh brandon jackson sends in 20 dollars and says i just wanted to say hi frank darren and dave miss you guys hello to big daddy bruce i'm a big <laughs> fan as well i've been following this campaign since day one and i've been supporting it like crazy let's go love you guys thank love you it. brandon thank, thank you brandon you so much really appreciate thank it so much big daddy bruce dj <laughs> that's it <laughs> out on the ones and twos yeah here we are <laughs> uh, my first one is a, a, a 1973 i think this came out maybe yeah. called don't look now with julie christie and donald sutherland um they play a couple who suffer this huge trauma of trauma trauma of their <laughs> daughter um drowning uh, and they they move to Venice to kind of restart their life. He's working on replenishing a, I think it's a church or something like that. But he starts to see his daughter wandering around the streets of Venice. Um, and you're kind of wondering, is the daughter still alive or is he kind of slowly going mad? Um, this is um, one of those movies at the end which hits you like a gut punch when you when you figure out what's going on when it's when the reveal happens uh incredibly sinister movie uh and also um pretty r rated as well <laughs> yeah there's a there's One of a those, sex scene there's a sex scene which was questioned for years as to whether they were actually doing it or not penetration um, uh, yeah, I, yeah well you watch it frank see what you think I'm just fine. I, think, I just think it's hilarious that your daughter drowns and you move to a city where it's surrounded by water. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was thinking she that. actually <laughs> she she drowns in a puddle, doesn't she? I think. I think it's it's a very odd drowning. I think she's face down in a in a puddle or or a small pond or something. Can you it's remember? A pond. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think yeah, it's a pond. Yeah. I, I watched it for the first time just a couple of months ago on your recommendation. Yeah. And I yeah. really liked it. And it is eerie and creepy. And and yeah, that sex scene is I mean it's it's obvious I I, I think it's just the way it's shot, but but it is quite long. Lengthy. I think it's long. <laughs> and that's why you're like, wow, this is you know what I mean? So and here's a clip. and we're gonna play the entire yeah here here we go (laughs) (laughs) so that was my first one uh frank yours underrated uh movie directed by the late uh bill paxton uh frailty um a kind of a movie that from beginning to end and the great powers booth as well is in it um it kind of questions your own ability to to determine whether or not this person is actually telling the truth adam uh and if uh bill paxton actually saw 
the revelations that you know was given to him by angels and God and determining whether or not the, the you know the older brother is a demon too because he's trying to stop his father from make, uh, going out with these murders of other demons and then you find out towards the end um, it was all true it was all mm. true because there was some let's say help from Matthew McConaughey's uh, character uh, to be obscured where people are photographing him and everything is getting blurried or people have short-term memories of even meeting him. Uh, but I think frailty is, uh, is underrated and I think it's a great, great psychological horror. Mm. Yeah. I haven't Very seen good. it in years, but I, I, I remember it being good. Mm -hmm. Very good. Yeah. Mm, Shutter Island. Mm. I love this movie. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, I love this movie. Martin Scorsese. It, it was nice to see him do something that was, you know, not gangster. Um, and although I love his gangster stuff, I do. Um, mm -hmm. This is this is such a great film. And there's still debate on whether or not, you know, as I often say on my channel, two things can be true at the same time. And um, I do believe that it it was all a ruse. It was a role playing thing. And when he shows up at the lighthouse at the very end, and Ben Kingsley explains what's going on, he was. I believe that's all true. But I also believe. I think the the, the whole point, you know, again, uh, when he meets that woman in in the cave, you know, obviously, was it his imagination? They allude to the fact that it 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 was, but the thing she was saying, sort of like the, it, it, it's almost like his subconscious speaking to himself um, about you can't trust anybody. There's shady shit that goes on here. I also believe that's true. I, I believe that there was shady shit that went on uh, uh, there, and and there were things that were going on that that shouldn't have been happening, and and all that kind of jazz. I believe that's true as well, and I think that's sort of the. There's, I remember there, there there being debates on. Do you remember when IMDb used to have the old forums and you could actually comment and things like that i remember reading debates back and forth of people saying no it's just this and it's that and it's just a role-playing game and it's all that and that's a, and you know there's nothing more and it's all and say like, yes that's true i just i've watched the movie many times and and i think it the the genius of the picture is is that yeah but you know what I mean? And, and I, 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 I believe that I believe there's, there's, there's certain, there's other little things going on that are, that are, uh, true. A lot of the things that, that is being presented to him, I think are also true. Um, but just a, I mean, the cinematography, the music, the mood, the atmosphere, um, is just great. It's such a great film. Uh, and, and when, and again, with a great twist and when you realize, Oh, Oh shit. Right. You think you're, and, and that's the whole thing, right? Like you kind of think you're, you're, um, you're out of it, you know? And, and, uh, but just the, the last bit of dialogue between Mark Ruffalo and Leonardo DiCaprio's characters, you know, and how he sort of convinced himself that he's probably going to go get, you know, the, the, um, the lobotomy. Um, it's just, I don't know. It's just, there's, it, it's hard to explain without going on and on and on and on and on. And mm -hmm. I, I know time crunch, but just know that, that, I love the movie, the mood, the atmosphere, the twist, the story I think is great. Uh, but I am one of those people that that think, yes, absolutely, it's role-playing. It was all fake. They did it to kind of bring him true. But I also think there's shady shit going on. And I think <laughs> Scorsese uh, has woven that beautifully, inconspicuously as subtext mm -hmm. through the movie. Yeah, yeah. Great mm -hmm. film. Really cool film. Mm-hmm. 
Next. Oh, yeah. Bacchus yeah. The great. night house. Yeah. The night house. Um, like I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is essentially like independent, um, uh, produced film, like not, uh, like for, so. for the most part. Yeah. So what I loved about it is just how, how well crafted it was. You know, you've got this single character, um, not too much in terms of cast. Like it wasn't very complicated in terms of locations and setups and multiple places that we're visiting. It was, it was, you know, very uh, straightforward that way. But again, just the play on the psychology at certain moments, you don't know if you're coming or going. Um, and, and just the, the frightening, again, one of the things I really like is uh, frightening paranormal elements that stuff can I, I find can be very scary but if it's not hokey you know obviously uh you know but but this was very tasteful you know especially when she's there <clears throat> and hearing all of these people and they're running past her and jumping off the cliff and you know yeah. and it's like where did where did they go you know and and just the foreshadowing with it again just the the style the tone um it was tasteful little understated which made it classy made it classic like it was just mm. again well crafted uh and scary in moments just yeah i really like it it's a great film i i love the use of the uh bit of visual effects they do have in the movie where like mm. you she'll look over and it just looks like you're looking at the wall but then all of a sudden the shape will move and you're like oh shit yeah, yeah. it was the outline of the fucking door frame or something really well done like yeah. very um uh, yeah, creepy. And then, you know, you get to the end and you realize a lot of the psychological things she's dealing with and the guilt she feels and all that kind of stuff or that, you know, the things she's dealing with, I should say. And um, yeah, it just, it, it reminded me, although I think the invisible man is a little more, uh, a little more out there. It reminded me of, of how tastefully the invisible man was done. Uh, mm-hmm. The invisible man is great. That One is of the better horror films of the last 20 years. And this is, it's different, but it, it reminded me of that. Oh, this is done very tastefully, really well done. So I agree with you, Bruce. I, this is a fantastic movie. I haven't seen it. Have you seen it, Frank? Um, bits and pieces. Mm. You guys got to watch it. I, I, mm-hmm. I think you'd like oh, yeah. it. Yeah. I think it's worth your time. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Cool. Okay, next we have one of mine, which is Last Night in Soho. Um, Edgar Wright. Um, who's the girl in it now? It's Anya Taylor-Joy, isn't it? Anya Taylor-Joy, Matt Smith, um, Diana Rigg, Rita Tushingham, uh, Terrence Stamp. Uh, this whole kind of uh, West End London Soho alum that came back together. All these people that were famous in the 60s around that time in that area all come together in this film, which is Edgar Wright's sort of tribute to Jalo. Um, mm. It's kind of a bizarre mishmash, but works really well. A lot of people that I don't, that I know hated it, absolutely hated it. I really dug it. I thought his vision with this film, the way he presents London in the time jump scenes and everything is just stunning. And um, Very yeah. cool. I, it's only like Super a couple of years old, right? Yeah, it's yeah. Only- it's 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 yeah. great. Yeah. It's it and, and like I say, the the giallo stuff in there is as you expect with those kind of Italian horror films, super violent when it all kicks in. Um, right. but yeah, great who done it. 
and uh, a film that really took me by surprise. And great to see Terence Stamp. I mean, working in Soho, which I've worked in for 20-odd years, you see Terence Stamp wandering around all the time. He's never moved away from there. <laughs> and it's great to walk out of your office hey, Zod, what's up? General Zod walking <laughs> towards you, you know? Yeah. Uh, but, but, but to see him in this film playing the character that he plays, I thought was awesome. And, and a really great little um, psychological thriller, I think. I. I, I have to horror. check it out. Yeah, yeah. I got to check it out. Yeah, I it's haven't great. seen it either. No. It's really cool. Okay, right. Frank. Martyrs, a really tough movie to get through. Dealing with a, uh, <laughs> yeah. to say the least, uh, dealing with have- a, uh, a woman who brings her friend along to get revenge on the people who had her captive for so long in her basement. Um, and the reason why they had them in, uh, had her in her basement was to see if they can get to heaven and what someone has to go through in order to get to it. And, well, the person who was originally intended to become this martyr uh, actually dies, and the friend that was brought along has actually become the victim. Everything from beatings to being skinned alive. Uh, or it's to, tough. It's in order to get and see if there's an afterlife. And at the end, there is an answer. Is there an afterlife? What does somebody have to go through in order to get to you know heaven or the afterlife? It's a real tough movie, but the, the French version is better than the American version. I've yeah. never heard yeah. of this movie. I, it's I'm going really, to check it out. It came out around the same time as as um, as High the lights of Switch. High yeah. Tension. Uh, oh, so early two thousands. Yeah, yeah. There was this kind of wave of French horror in the sort of early two mm. thousands, and yeah, Martyrs is a really tough watch. Like, really. I mean, you you watch somebody being tortured and beaten for literally, I don't know, maybe best part of an hour. It's just horrific <laughs> and it I'm is gonna watch it tonight i'm gonna it watch is. it tonight <laughs> <laughs> interesting I'm okay. gonna look it up, though. dave the shining uh what is there to say that hasn't already been said about the shining uh, i don't need to take too long on this but one of the great psychological horror films ever made um and obviously very different from the book uh, much to Stephen King's, uh, you know, uh, un, un, unfondly agreement with, uh, if, that's even, if that's even a word. But uh, TV version's not good, so I don't know why. He, no, the '97, yeah, TV remake, which is uh, to the book. You're right. Um, listen, I mean, again, I could go on and on, but it's it's the 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 way Kubrick, you know, one of the great filmmakers of all time, just the shot choices and the and the the, the way he sets up scenes and the. The, the sense of eerie foreboding in that hotel, mm-hmm. you know, just following Danny on the, uh, you know, on the bike around when there's nothing really, e- I love horror films, psychological films, and all the ones that I've, I've mentioned do this to varying degrees, but The Shining is like, you know, a perfect example of this. When you can create a mood, and when I talk about mood and atmosphere, I mean, obviously people tend to think, oh, mood, atmosphere, nighttime, dark, ear-. sure, but when you can, but I mean, yes, absolutely, but mood and atmosphere can be created during the daytime it can be it's a it's a it's an 
ambiance. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a feeling, it's a sense. And, and you create that with how long you linger on a shot, how quickly you move away from a shot. Is the camera moving? Is it just everything? It's just, it's brilliant filmmaking. And, the, and there's a sense of just eeriness and forebodingness through the entire film, even during the day when he's just sitting in the office, having that conversation with that guy, you know, you just, there's just this feeling to the picture and, and maybe, be, you know, it's in retrospect because of, you know, of its reputation. Sure. Uh, whether people felt that, you know, in 1980, I don't know, but, but I certainly feel it all the way through and, um, the layers that are there and, and, um, you know, you know, the performances from Shelley Duvall and, 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 and I tend to believe, uh, no, see, I'm going to get too deep into it. Let's just say there's a lot of layers we could dive into. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. and the shining is one of my favorites. You are yeah. always the caretaker, Mr. Torrance. There you go. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's it. And it, it was also an inspiration for us with It's Me, Billy, one as well, from a cinematography standpoint. Right. Yeah. Mm. And, and a reference that we gave our DP. Like the overhead yeah. shots and everything like that. Going yeah. Through the yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Exactly. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Us. Us. I, um, this one I really enjoyed for multiple reasons. Um, like I do like uh, th this one and, and one of the other ones that'll come up. But uh, for me, I think Jordan Peele's done some good work in the horror area when it comes to uh, now applying some social commentary, but really talking about race. Um, and for this one, I found was universal even with with its concept. I think so many people could tap into it. Um, for me, I was able to sort of draw my own conclusions of, of things that I think it was alluding to. Uh, but I love Lupita Nyong'o's performance, just the creepiness of it, the, the twitchy physicality of her character and just, you know, um, and this notion of the doppelgangers, it, it, for me, it also reminded me of, um, is it the strangers? Is that the name mm, of the movie? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That one, that movie too was, was just super creepy and frightening. Like just the concept of home invasion, um, that whole thing that fucks with me. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, this, <laughs> I'm just writing this down. <laughs> yeah. This was, this, this was, uh, anyway, I just thought, yeah, the characters, physicalization, you know, the, the cinematography and everything, like it was, it was pretty, uh, uh I don't want to say standard, but pretty, like normal, like it was well produced, yep. like look great, um, but not like, you know, say The Shining in terms of certain choices, like uh, creativity and like it was creative, but not not in the same way, you know, yeah. anyway, but love the characters. I love the twist. I love the parallel universe that's that was described in it. And just for me, it, it, what resonated was the meaning of that parallel universe that that I really liked. All right. those damn rabbits all over the place. Oh, yeah. 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 How's that? Maybe, for <laughs> maybe hungry yeah yeah I, I like i like bruce saying it's the concept of home invasion that fucks with me and Dave, 20 minutes ago was going yeah i love watching bruce sleep <laughs> there's a theme here this yeah. i'm just you know i listen let's just say at three o'clock in the morning every tuesday i'm not in bed <laughs> I'm 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 at your place watching you through the window. So when you look out the window, you'll see me going. <laughs> I gotta I gotta put up cameras. <laughs> yeah. Damn it! Yeah. He raided my fridge again. God damn it! Hey, listen, it was your wife's idea. I'm just I'm just saying. Put a lock on that damn fridge. Yeah. 
Uh, Silence of the Lambs. I could not put this in here. Um, I remember the opening night going to see this in the cinema. And, um, you know, I I said this on a a recent episode, Frank and I did, that the scene with the night vision with Jodie Foster at the end is, is, you know, I hadn't been scared by a movie since Halloween. Uh, and and that sequence with the night vision when she's feeling her, her way around the room, Buffalo Bill's in there. Well, I just thought it was terrifying. But not only that, taking an actor, a British actor, Welsh actor, like Anthony Hopkins, this kind of humble 50-year-old guy, and turning him into one of the most terrifying uh, antagonists in, in, in horror history. People say this is a thriller. It's not. It's a horror film. It was classed as a thriller just to get it around the uh, academy and everything. Mm-hmm. When you when you boil this down, this is a horror film and a pretty brutal one at that. Um, it, it's it's you know it's a milestone in in um, in in horror history, I think. And uh, yeah, it, I never ever tire of watching this film. Just great mm-hmm. performances throughout. Great direction mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know what can you say? It's it's uh, legendary. Mm-hmm. It is, yeah, yeah. great film. I, I loved mm. uh, loved his performance. It was, yeah, uh, yeah. Again, yeah, I agree with you. One of the best uh, horror villains ever, for sure. Yeah. And it's yeah. got one of yeah. the best uh, Mandela effect moments because in the movie, uh, Anthony Hopkins never says the line "Hello, Clarice." He never says that. <laughs> he never says yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating, isn't it? You know what I mean? It's like, he doesn't? And everybody says that, but no, it's like how people say, Luke, I am your father. He never, Darth Vader never says, Luke, I am your father. He says, no, I am your father. But I think people added the Luke to be able to let people know who they're talking about or what they're Mm. talking about. And it just caught on. Darth Vader never says, Luke, I'm your father, just as Anthony Hopkins never says, hello, Clarice. And he never says no at the end, originally, for lifting... Uh, oh, for let's, not, the, let's not fucking <laughs> start that. <laughs> let's not start that. <laughs> fucking Lucas, why, George? Why? <laughs> <laughs> right. But also, you know, it was kind of a little bit like Scary Movie ruined uh, Scream in a lot of aspects. There's there's a little kind of scene movie called Loaded Weapon 1. Mm-hmm. Yep. They, they, they take... They, they mimic the scene... Uh, with Clarice and and uh, and Hannibal, and they use F. Murray Abraham as uh, as Hannibal, and the bit when he walks up to the glass and smells, and in Loaded Weapon One he goes, "Hmm, high karate." <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, that, that loaded. <laughs> I haven't seen that in a long time. Isn't that with um? <laughs> that's with Emilio Estevez and Samuel Jackson. Yeah, right? yeah and Samuel yeah. Jackson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> okay, Frank. <laughs> oh, oh my, my love affair with Psycho too. You know, the, Dude, the original the great sequels. Yeah, the original the original Psycho you can probably classify as a slasher and then it moves on and like you said david kind of morphs into something else but this one i think is an absolute psychological horror it's not a slasher movie because it's all about turning uh norman bates back into what he was a psycho Mm -hmm. um and they do a perfect job uh towards the end and it's and no person in history no actor in history could do a role like Norman Bates more than the original man who started at, and that is Anthony Perkins. He's Darren. And I talk about how he stands, how he moves, 
this 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 movie, uh, which was directed by Richard Franklin, who is the who is the assistant to Alfred Hitchcock, wrote by Tom Holland, not Spider Man, but Child's Play and Fright Night uh, writer. Um, it's just a a slow burn. Uh, playing uh, on the mind of uh, Norman Bates to get him go nuts and people just coming at him. And I just love this movie. It's just a great sequel. Yeah. That's uh, what was it? 22, 23 years in the making. Yeah. It was like 82 yeah. or 83 or something like that. Yeah. 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 And then to a movie that didn't really need a sequel. And they did That's right. <laughs> That's right. I, I, I agree with you, Frank. This is one of the best horror sequels ever made and director of photography dean cundy yes um and uh you're right there's something about anthony perkins and his stature his lankiness his tall yeah. his broad yeah. sh- you know shoulders and everything i mean that's just a great image right there on the screen this is this is a great film this is this is a really good movie i agree and, and a great example of if you poke the bear for long enough eventually mm-hmm. right <laughs> that's oh and the ending and when that woman gets the fucking shovel to that this is like, it, it looks like that old lady took it like it looks like she oh, took her hair poofed up at that i know <laughs> yeah. it's so good it's so well done okay dave rosemary's baby uh a fantastic uh you know of course roman polanski to you know we'll just put him over here for a moment um but two things can be true at the same time of course like i say you can be a pretty shitty person and be a hell of an artist so uh roman polanski is a a great director and um uh 1968 i believe this movie is again you know I, i love the that foreboding, that slow burn and foreboding and, and watching the manipulation that that her neighbors do with her, you know what I mean? And and just watching sort of this descent into thinking she's crazier and crazier and crazier. And I love that scene when she, you know, towards the end of the movie, when she's outside, is it towards the end of the movie? I think it is when she's outside at the payphone. Right. And she's there and she's and she's looking around and and just the way it's shot, just random, ambiguous sort of people just walking by all become suspects. Do you know what I mean? And and very yeah. strange and 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 kind of weird. It was a toss up between this and actually I was going to put Duel on here. Mm. Steven Spielberg's first movie, because I think even though that's kind of an action, there's a psychological component to mm. that movie yeah. massively. And like yeah. that diner scene when, you know, he walks in and he thinks, you know, all like, you know, the truckers are all kind of looking back and I love Duel. I should have put it on here. But anyway, um, yeah, just I, I love the foreboding, the slow burn, the build, watching watching how they manipulate her husband and how he starts to kind of, you know, move away from her and she thinks she's going crazy, but she really isn't. And the gaslighting that these fucking neighbors are doing. And I love the, I love secret rooms or secret doors (laughs) in like, I don't have any here, but you know, I love little secret uh, things where like, I love how it's secret drawers. (laughs) (laughs) but i love how like at the end it's the closet you know what i mean and she moves that thing aside and she and it goes to the other apartments like oh no fucking way that's creepy as fuck like that means they were coming in when she was asleep and shit like how was that even i love that it gives me goosebumps that's that's creepy eerie shit that's how i get into bruce's place and so uh (laughs) but i'm actually just on the other side of that door Yes, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Uh, He he doesn't know it, but, uh, but I love it. And so again, 
for the sake of time, I could go on about the layers and the manipulation, all that yeah. kind of stuff, but just a fantastic movie. One of the great psychological horror films mm -hmm. of all time. And uh, yeah, it's on my list. Don't watch mm -hmm. the sequel. <laughs> no. There was never sequel? seen the sequel. There was, there was a, a sequel? sequel? Yeah. There, there was, wasn't there like, oh, was it a remake? Was it, was it called? It was a TV movie. Yeah. Rosemary's yeah. Toddler? Yeah. Rosemary's Teenager? <laughs> Rosemary's Teenager? <laughs> Daycare with Adrian. <laughs> uh, Debbie Bluden sends in two dollars and says, "What about Session Nine or Rosemary's Baby?" I think she said. There you go. Years ago, there Session you go. Nine is there great too. Yeah, Session Nine. Session yeah. Nine. I thought about, but I still struggle with that film. But anyway, yeah, um, it's been a while since I've seen Session Nine. I don't remember it too yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bruce. Yeah, get out. Yeah, again, another Jordan Peele film. Uh, <laughs> you did say it. He said it. Get out. <laughs> yeah, get out. <laughs> you said get out. Is that is did that out? You say I don't know. Say, get say 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 out. Say out, Bruce. Out. Out. Uh, out. out. Sounds get like out. out to me. Get out. Yeah, yeah. Thinking about it too get much. Out. Get out. Get out. Get out. Get good out. Get out. I, I love get out. Uh, it's great. Go on. Yeah. Um. I I think a lot of the same a lot of the same reasons. Like you don't know who these people are, and just again the. Yeah, just again the commentary that he makes when it comes to when it comes to racism and and mm -hmm. just what the um you know meet, meeting these characters you're you know you're just uncomfortable the whole time that fish out of water that not sure what's going to happen to you just these frightening moments you know from the the gardener like running toward you that what's going on right now and what's about to happen and just you know no idea um uh, but again, you know, just kind of where, where it goes and, and just that there's, uh, there was a moment, you know, like when he's falling into the darkness, mm -hmm. uh, when he's, he's stuck in the chair, uh, you know, I can relate to that moment in the sense of when you have that sleep paralysis and you're trying to wake up, but you can't, and it's scary in that moment. Like if you're having a nightmare and you're trying to get out of it, but you can't, um, it kind of took me to that sort of place, uh, very suffocating in nature uh, is, is sort of a way that I can sort of think of it. Um, and it was, so I don't know, again, it just resonated with me uh, so many different levels and uh, really enjoyed it. Thought it was just, again, really well-crafted, well-made, well-written, well-directed. Yeah. I agree. Mm. I actually like get out better than us. Mm, me too. Yeah. I liked us, yeah. but I liked, I liked it yeah. better. Yeah. yeah. And gr yeah. great to see Daniel Kaluuya, who was, you know, just yeah. a kind of TV actor in the UK, you know, did did, did uh, a series called Psychoville by the League of Gentlemen creators. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, the next thing you know, huge Hollywood star. Good for him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, my next one is Misery. Oh, yeah. Uh, Again, a one. movie. Yeah. A movie I saw the same year as Silence of the Lambs. 90 was a good year for this type of movie. And, and um, I saw this on the opening night. And uh, the reaction in cinema with the hobbling scene has stayed with me ever since. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, you know, people always go in in the in the in the book. I think does she like saw his foot off or something like that? Yeah, and um, again, she cauterizes it. Yeah, I, I for short, sharp shocks. I this has got to be more. Um, 
had more of a gut punch than than sawing someone's foot off. It's just horrific. That shot, you think it's going to cut away and it doesn't. And the leg doesn't look in any way false. It's kind of all one take as it happens. Uh, it is just absolutely, you know, it, it, it's embossed on you when you come out of this film. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but but just the whole, the movie as a whole, that kind of slow burn, that sort of, that paranoia of hers as you see it build and build, his inability to kind of help himself as well. It just makes for a really, really tight, you know, tense little thriller that, um, to be honest, was completely uh, justified for her getting the Oscar. Mm-hmm. superb performance mm-hmm. i love the scene when uh james Kahn is is uh oh paul when when he's out uh, oh paul there you go halloween fans <laughs> when he's uh when when he's uh he's trying to you know he's thinks something you know he knows you know obviously something's up but he's out of the wheelchair and she's arriving home and he's trying to get back into the wheel like it's great suspense mm-hmm. you know what i mean he's trying yeah. to get back in the yeah. wheelchair and get back into the other room and get back into bed and like the whole thing you, you know what i mean and, it, and then isn't there like ready. an ornament that's been moved penguin. or something a like penguin. Yes, a penguin yeah, yeah, yes. right. yeah. and and yeah. and but she but he he um gets back into bed and he, he's sweating and she comes oh paul you're sweating you know i was just like oh <laughs> but you're right there was a little penguin that was she knows she knows i love it fucking love it you know why i'm Frank. sweating i'm only been masturbating with my wrong hand <laughs> uh speaking of which we have cape fear uh, <laughs> great movie great psychological thriller horror movie um robert de niro as uh maximil Catti, as the uh george as the judge calls him uh, is such a diabolical character. He's <laughs> super smart, and he's trying to get the revenge back on his lawyer that actually didn't defend him right. It was with his, withholding evidence that could set him free. And now he's getting revenge on Jessica Tandy, uh, not Jessica Tandy, Jessica Lang. Holy shit! I was thinking Jessica Tandy was going to be married Tandy. to Nick, Nick Jessica Nolte. Tandy. Jesus, Jessica <laughs> Tandy's <laughs> what's she like? Ninety-eight? Yes. <laughs> yeah, Nick Nolte's married to Jessica Tandy, and uh-uh. um, <laughs> and uh, I think uh, Juliette Lewis. This was her first role. One of one her of early them. roles. Well, well, because she was in Christmas Vacation as well. So was this before Christmas Vacation or after? Because Christmas Vacation before, was eighty nine. Was this eighties? This was ninety, I think. 90, uh, nine, okay. nine, no, ninety one. Ninety one, I think. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. It was but one of them. Robert De Niro's performance in this is absolutely chilling. You know where yeah. uh, he, um, they get the guys are coming after to beat him up to send him a message, uh, and he's like, "Counselor, come out, come out, wherever you are." And he yeah. starts, I can beat you and I can outthink you. And then he just says, Are you there? And he goes, Ah, fuck it. And he just walks away. <laughs> <'cause> he, <laughs> and Bogus this is a Scorsese scene. film, right? Yeah. 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 Great psychological yeah. His, his transformation as well, what he did to his body to, you know, to get into, uh, you know, the right build for the role. Coming off the untouchable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Love yeah. Cape Fear. Yeah. It's a hard yeah, watch. Good movie. It's, it's there's certainly mm. a hard watch um, in certain parts, especially the um, the cheek biting scene. Mm. Uh, there's that, and then there's his own head getting set on fire as well, mm. which uh, which was a long time before again. they decided to mm-hmm. do it in Scream. Mm. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a great Dave, film. 
Yeah, mm. yeah. Your final one. The Game, 1997. Uh, if you follow me for any length of time, you know I love this movie. Uh, yeah, I mean, what is there to say that hasn't been said about this one? It's it's a classic. Michael Douglas is great in almost everything he's in. Um, and again, it's it's essentially about you know this guy who's uh, he's a he's a working man. He's stressed. Blah blah blah. His brother, played by Sean Penn, uh, gifts him this sort of this gift certificate to this game. And nobody knows what the game is. And it's like, no, just go here, take a load off. You need a vacation, buddy. Just do all this. He goes. He's got to go through these tests, of course, and all that kind of stuff. And then he was a he was supposedly not approved for the game. He didn't pass the physical or you know, whatever it is. It's been a, a, a bit since I've seen it. Uh, um, but little does he know that the game's already started. That's part of the game. And uh, yeah, it's, it's you know, it's a, a, a really extravagant, completely unnecessary, wild, crazy, completely illegal way of making somebody appreciate life. And, <laughs> and, and yes, exactly. And um, but I can tell you, it's really well done. David Fincher, of course, uh, directed it. Uh, this was the film he did after seven. And uh, I mean, and then he went off to do Fight Club, I think, after this. I mean, David Fincher from the mid to late mm -hmm, 90s mm -hmm. was just rocking, mm -hmm. was just rocking. And this, again, for the sake of time, I'll just say that uh, it's a it's moody, it's atmospheric, um, it's eerie. There's twists at every turn. And uh, there's a big reveal. If you haven't seen it, there's a big reveal that makes you go. Oh, well, I kind of spoil it, I guess. But, it, you know, it makes you go. Oh, oh, shit. It's great. I love it. Mm -hmm. What's that saying, Dave? If you haven't seen it now. You ain't gonna see it. That's true. It's true. I love yeah. people like don't spoil it. Listen, it's twenty. It's twenty. It's twenty five years old. If you haven't seen it, you're in no rush to see it. So, <laughs> it's, it's a good movie. I, I want to see that again. Actually, yeah, because yeah, I remember loving it when I saw it. Yeah. yeah. And speaking of David Fincher, yes, uh, Seven. Just oh yeah. There's a great Fantastic. story of this, uh, Bruce, of Dave tells all the time about going to go see Halloween 6 and you seeing this. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah, we went to go see Halloween 6. It was late September of 95. Uh, I was 16. I was 16, looked 30, sounded like I do now. Bruce was 15, looked 14, sounded 12. Yeah. So I got in <laughs> I got in without showing my ID. I just want to, I'll have one for, and for, for some reason here in Canada at that time, Halloween was rated R, but seven yeah. was at the time, we don't have it anymore, but it was double A or it was 14 yeah. A. I think, I think yeah. it'd be 14 to get in. I, <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. Um, but Which I walked up to the box office. Been the yeah. Other way around. Totally. Yeah. I walked up to the box. I was like, oh, I'll have one for Halloween six, please. Uh, yeah. And they're like, okay, sure, 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 sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, and then Bruce was like, oh, one for Halloween six, please. And it was like, no, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And so I really wanted to see it. And Bruce took one for the team. It's like, wow, well, I'll just go see this movie seven. I don't know. It's a psychological. With this yeah. pretty boy, Morgan Freeman. I'm yeah. And, and yeah, yeah, exactly. So I went and saw Halloween six, it was done before seven. I came out, I sat in the lobby. Bruce comes out, it's like, dude, dude. <laughs> and I am like, yeah, dude, whatever. Fuck. He's like, oh, it's Halloween six. I'm like, dog shit. Okay. It was done. Yeah. He's like, dude. I definitely saw the better of the two movies. Yeah. Oh, 100%. 100%. I fucking, I'm angry I didn't get to see seven in the theater. Anyway, sorry, Bruce. Yeah, it was just fantastic and just very disturbing, um, classic sort of David Fincher take you on that psychological ride, twist at the end, you don't know what's coming, um, blindsides you and then, you know, 
And I just, I loved, I, I also loved like the, you know, the mystery of it and how they're trying to like solve the case. I like those types of movies and stories where they, you know, they're, they're trying to unpack things and take you each step and like, oh, this means this. And, oh, let's go check this out. And then, you know, you discover what's going on and it's, um, uh, it, you know, like those, it's not a murder mystery. Well, I guess kind of, yeah, but you know, that kind of idea yep. and, um, <clears throat> yeah, just loved it. And, and again, you know, the, the, the acting, like just loved mm. it. Like, I just mm. love really well-crafted performances and, and actors that just really sell it to you. And you're just like, yes, we are there. Like I'm there in that moment with you. Um, <clears throat> and yeah. And again, just, just, just horrifying that way. You know, it's, it's, uh, you just kind of left beside yourself at the end of it, just going, fuck, you know, and just incredibly <laughs> disturbing that way. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Again, just well-crafted, like all of them, all of the ones that I chose, they're just very well-crafted films, I think, top to bottom across yep. all the reasons you can think of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And a devastating movie as well. The, those final moments are just, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Dark. Um, my final one is high tension. Um, <laughs> love it. Love love it. Or switchblade yeah. romance. Yeah. As it was known. Yeah. Romance uh, yeah. Yeah. A French film from, I think 2002, 2003, around that time, Three, which is starts off as one of the most unsettling slasher movies that you've ever seen. I mean, mm. Great you know that the score the the score the the the, uh, the sound effects the grubbiness of this movie um really makes you feel uncomfortable and makes you feel like actually should i be watching this i'm gonna lock the door if somebody walks in and catches me watching this <laughs> I, you know it, it it feels like you know wrong to watch this film uh it it does hit a point whereas you're either in or you're out um, but I was in with it and I, I just, I just loved it. I just loved the fact that for a long time we'd been starved of gore in movies, uh, throughout the nineties that, you know, horror was so tame with, I know what you did last summer and scream and urban legend. No one took any risks and this movie took risks. Um, you know, and to have some, you know, a fight sequence with an angle grinder is just <laughs> is just <laughs> intense. Um, yeah, it's 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 one of those movies that uh, that's, that stayed with me, and obviously one of my favorite horror directors of all time, Alexander Aja, who went on to do The Hills Have Eyes and and Piranha, the remake, and uh, what was the thing, Crawl, uh, and all those gr- that great stuff that he's done over recent years. Terrific horror director, and um, you know, long let long may he continue making quality movies, and a heck of a twist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like you say, it, it, it gets to a point. Some people are on board, others aren't. There are reasons why that it plays yep. out like it does, you know. And it wasn't the director's. It, 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 it one of those things that was out of his hands. He would have done it differently, but um, yeah, it, it's uh, a great movie. Definitely worth watching. Agree, Frank. Before you have a super chat, um, George Degal. Hey, George, haven't seen you around for a little while. Um, says hello, everyone. Hope you're all well. Frank, could you do your Mustafa Akkad impression? Dave, could I get a but? Dave, thank you. Have a great day. <laughs> <laughs> but Mustafa. 
<laughs> you, you know, David, you got to make this uh, this sequel to whatever Black Christmas is. And don't put any boobies in it because there's no boobies in any of the boogeyman movies. I made. I don't like getting nudity. You defile women. In it. It's not very good. It's actually women. a really good Mustafa kind of movie. I don't think it's the boogeyman and the boobies. They don't go. <laughs> but Dave, there you go. Frank, your final one. Identity, another underrated movie. Uh, a lot of twists and turns in this movie. Um, I love how they interview John Cusack, who is the supposedly a uh, he's like a, a transporter of a uh, he's like a marshal or a cop in this movie. And they all get stuck in this um, hotel, which is surrounded by a storm, which is actually the mind of a criminal and each one of these uh, people that are stuck at a hotel is different people in this criminal's mind. Um, and they're sitting there and they're interviewing all these different people. And then at the end, they think they cured this guy, but there's one person that they didn't, uh, account for in talking to, which is absolutely the killer, the most devastating person in this movie, in this person's mind. That's a little, little kid. Um, yeah. what a twist yeah. at the end you know he kills his own parents okay and it's just this kid is killing off all the other personalities in this guy's head yeah and this is directed by James Mangold which is mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a great film yeah very good very good yeah. we, we couldn't get out because of the storm there's the storm there's, there's a storm <laughs> we're just gonna get out okay, okay John. John. John we got it we got it I'm getting out yeah. now <laughs> That's it. That's our 20 favorite um, psychological horrors, thrillers, whatever you want to call them. Um, great list. Absolutely yeah. great list. Yeah, really I agree. Great. Fantastic yeah. stuff. Yeah. I got to go back and watch some of these. And uh, mm. yeah, uh, there's same. a few that I haven't seen that. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I want, I, I'm going to make a list right after this going in. <laughs> making it happen <laughs> true yeah no I, I agree there's a couple there I'm like I gotta revisit that <laughs> well John it's very uh, very nice having you on thank you for coming on yeah, thank you for talking uh, It's Me Billy we're super excited for the uh, It's Billy Big 2 coming out because it will come out and uh, you guys are on a roll right now uh, Darren and I are going to support this movie and uh Dave, what do you got going on? Bruce, you're you're going to be pushing Dave out there to work, aren't you? <laughs> well, you know, I'm just doing my thing. Uh, I think right now is is just uh, obviously Dylan's new nightmare uh, is uh, uh, Cecil announced that it will be premiering at Monster Mad Monster, uh, the Mad Monster Convention in Phoenix, Arizona uh, on July the 7th, Friday night. Uh, we'll be talking about it on my channel as well. I'm going to have Cecil on soon, hopefully maybe in the next few days or so uh, to talk about it and, and make the announcement on my channel. Uh, so that's exciting. That's that's happening. Uh, very excited to get the Freddy out. I have so much Freddy stuff that I want to share that I can't until the movie's out there. So I'm excited to get that out there. And then of course really, if, if you've noticed, there's been a lot of Billy stuff going on on my channel. It's be there has been a lot of Billy stuff going on my channel, but it's just because we're in fundraising mode right now. Um, so that's kind of where my focus has been and, and will continue to be over the next month uh, throughout June uh, to get as close to our target, hopefully hit our target as we can. And then once we, we have our budget raised, then you'll see kind of maybe a more normal schedule return on my channel where we're talking about all sorts of stuff. Um, so that's kind of where I am right now on, on my channel. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, yeah. 
Bruce? Yeah, you know, for me, uh, again, doing my part, trying to raise the money, help uh, help help raise the awareness, uh, doing a lot of posts with that, of course, uh, the same. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll be doing, uh, you know, a watch along at some point. So folks, stay tuned for that, uh, where we'll do a watch along of the original Black Christmas and go into uh, It's Me, Billy, Chapter One. So stay tuned for for more, more announcements around that um, and dates and times and all that good stuff. Um, yeah, and, you know, the, the movie's got a lot of time occupied for me. Uh, but in addition to that, you know, just working, um, working, working hard, getting stuff done. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sleep with one sleep with one eye open tonight, Bruce. Yeah, I'm doing a lot of that. A lot of that. <laughs> just saying, and on just that saying. note, we're gonna end it here because uh, it's gonna get into creep mode a little bit. But um yeah, we'll see everybody later. Uh Darren, we got stuff coming up, but we'll mention it later, right? I guess so. Um, yeah, these guys have their moment. It's yeah. me, Billy Two, folks. Um Pledge. Go on their website. The links in the um, in the in the chat there. The links also down below. The link to the movies also down below. Um, help out. Do whatever you can. Uh, Frank yeah. and I are going to do it very soon. So appreciate uh, it. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Thank you, everybody that's donated so far. It's been uh, it's been awesome and humbling and just again super yeah. thankful. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for having yeah. us on, guys. Cool. Thank yeah. you. Cool. All right, everybody. As always, stick to the roads. And the best of luck. We'll see everybody soon. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> See, <laughs> See you later, you. guys. <laughs> bye bye.